0: Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain. And as the title implies, I had never seen any Doctor Who until I started this podcast. And of course, I can't stop. I'm not going to stop. I will never stop because, gosh, this show is so good. Why would I ever want to stop? And, you know, gosh, why did it take me so long to get started? But it doesn't matter because we're here now and every week I cannot wait to sit down and get to watch the next episode and get to enjoy all of it and squeeze as much knowledge as I can out of it by sitting down with an expert, somebody that knows the ins and outs of Doctor Who because they've been in the fandom for longer than in some cases I've been alive. But today we're going to visit evolution of the Daleks, and because it's a Dalek episode, I had to bring John Sobel back. So welcome back, John, to another Dalek episode. Thank you for having me. Does that mean that we're actually starting now? It's been a week. I've been sitting
1: here waiting and waiting and waiting.
0: Well, unlike you, I wait every week (laughs) and watch the episode right before I record. So I'm sorry, I've been sitting here a week waiting for you.
1: Sitting here a week waiting to talk about this.
0: I ignored work. I yes, ignored so everything. much has it's happened. Just, yes. you know, I, I've gotten vaccinated since the last time. Woo. But uh, here we are. We are talking about Evolution of the Dalek, which is episode 5 of series 3. If you have not seen Evolution of Dalek, do yourself a favor. Pause the podcast. Watch the episode. And come back and join us because... Inevitably, in our conversation, we will give up plot points that will kind of spoil the episode for you. So, warning out of the way, here we go. So, the Dalek human hybrid looks like a kid version of an Ood. Is that is? am I correct?
1: Uh, yes, and no. It's, yeah, you know, it's, I, I was enjoying the one eye because of the eye stock of the Dalek. Um, yeah, so that's what you know. It made enough sense for that, uh, but the rest of it—I mean, the rest of the head did look like a Dalek, and then you know, it was like almost like we just stick a Dalek on top of a body, a uh, human body, and
0: right We're done like, with it. these weird little short, short little stumpy tentacles, like yeah. You know that that that's a definitely a very weird, but again, very kid-friendly design because there is absolutely nothing menacing about that look. No,
1: especially with the with the uh, pinstripe suit and tie,
0: and the, <laughs> yeah. and, and the uh, slightly uh, pet- slightly torn up, slightly yes. roughed up, and and the and the shoes,
1: <laughs> the pet leather shoes. It's like, yes, okay, we're definitely well, going yes. for a happy uh, uh, a happy good-looking Dalek here.
0: Right, right. Like <laughs> considering. Uh, And and I think you and I have both talked about this in the podcast before. Uh, You mentioned how, as a child, Daleks were, you know, the stuff of nightmares for you. Uh, And whether it was uh, subconscious from our conversation or just me diving into the show so deep that I've had nightmares with Daleks and have woken up to that awful sound of a Dalek saying exterminate. And here we're seeing like the kid friendly version. Is that, is this like the Sarah Jane Dalek version? It's, it's just, it's so amazing
1: how they they can take something that is so frightening and just, you know, turn it 90 degrees. Not quite all the way, right. but just make that little bit of a shift so that it's not anywhere near as frightening. Uh, same thing with the uh, Rexacora Felipatorian. Uh, they could be very. Uh, scary that's uh, that 's a scary looking that could be a scary looking monster instead they turned it into uh, Sigmund mm-hmm. the sea monster
0: i mean it's just... it 's just well yeah it was it was like the sig it was like the the Gerber baby from hell, yes you know because like gerber baby face with like giant claws, but at least even that like seemed more menacing <laughs> than this like very friendly very like it, it like it 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 almost seemed like the kid version of one of the aliens you would see in Star Wars. <laughs> yes, yes, I you, you know, know with this it's... big friendly eye and like these little stumpy like at least make the tentacles like more sharp like or or at least pointier looking. You know, it was just I don't know. Uh, I, I don't again. I try not to throw shade at Doctor Who but when that reveal happened, I, I was less than underwhelmed.
1: Yes. And, and also the, the voice, you know, when you have uh, Nicholas Briggs, who does the voices of all the sons and daughters of Scaro, um, doing Dalek sex, you know, computer generated, that's it, a menacing voice. And this actor who's, mm-hmm. I don't have his name near me and I'll dig it up in a minute. Um, he talks. It's just this nice calm. Yeah, it's like this weird soothing voice. Yes. Like and completely it's like, I kills am the leader. Yes, it completely kills the menace of what the Daleks are and have been for
0: decades. Which I, I guess it's part of the point, right? Because the doctor even uh, finds it surprising. And, you know, I, as always, he's very intrigued by what's happening. Uh, but we as the the audience can see that this is not the successful experiment that the whatever Dalek Prime or no, what was his name? Uh, Dalek Sec was he was the main
1: Dalek sec yes and then was uh, the the, the leader
0: of the of the order right the leader of the cult of scar but of the cult of scar which we we had mentioned you know uh considering you know when we first met him we met that one lone Dalek that had you know fallen through time uh and he says how he's a soldier and he lives for orders and he needs orders please give me an order Uh, And we find out that the Dalek are sort of uh, singular of mind and, you know, very much a hive mind. Uh, And then throughout the episodes, we find that the Dalek had decided that to try to outwit the enemy, they would form this cult, this group that would uh, think outside of the bounds of what normal Dalek uh, did and thus they gave themselves individuality, which was unique to the Daleks, so these Daleks are unique amongst the race of Daleks to begin with, Yo, and yeah absolutely for them to decide that we're we're not just unique, we need to even we need to be more unique because clearly the the fault of our plans and the reason of our downfall is our, you know, our singular drive. And so we need to incorporate other things into it. And humanity with their rage and anger is such a great candidate. And then when he becomes the hybrid, he seems like the, the, like the most mellow of the Daleks ever. Like you don't see any of that rage and anger that he quote unquote so hoped the the humans would bring to the Dalek race. And at the same time, you see the Doctor kind of having that moment of like, well, of course, because I know and we know from watching the show, the Doctor loves humans. Doctor thinks humans are amazing. Uh, you know, in in an episode that we discussed on the podcast uh, where, where they land in that uh, observation station where they're watching the black hole in, in in the planet, you know, he's so overwhelmed by his, and you flew into it and you're doing it that he gives the guy a hug. He's like, I'm going to move in for a hug. Right. Because humans, like you did the most human of things. Like he's clearly fascinated by the versatility and just the, the sheer drive that humanity has. So you could see that the doctor was not surprised that of course, a Dalek-human hybrid was not necessarily going to go the way the Daleks thought it would. Exactly. And you see the Doctor start to exploit that, too. Exactly. The the actor's name is Eric Lauren,
1: by the way, just so that we have that out there. Oh, okay. Uh, Um, Who is is playing. But
0: I I love, uh, very early in the episode, um, uh, Solomon uh, mentions, uh, or he has a line that, uh, immediately uh made me go oh my gosh because it's not the first time we've heard the these words uttered in the show but uh as Solomon is being told what he is to expect uh to find uh, under the you know on, in the in the sewers is the stuff of nightmares yes which was you know the 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 doctor described the cybermen as the stuff of nightmares reduced to an exhibit in our, in the first in episode Dalek. we recorded yes. together, the Dalek episode. Uh, and here it is again, a Dalek episode in the Americas. And here's, you know, this person uttering those words. Uh, it just, it felt important. Even if it's not important to the overall Doctor Who arc, it felt very important to me. And and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that I really liked in this episode is, uh, and we didn't really touch on it very much in the last episode, but uh, Martha is not Rose. Uh, it's abundantly clear that uh, she is not Rose uh, in that she, she feels like the doctor doesn't really see her. And she has a conversation with Tallulah uh, and Tallulah, you know, mentions uh, you know, that th- they're talking about it, and she's like, well, he's so different. And Tallulah's like, uh, he's a man, sweetheart. That's different enough. <laughs> exactly, uh, yes. Know, and, and this is before she realizes that the doctor is more than just a man. Uh, and clearly Martha's like, oh, he's more than that. Um, but the, the, there's that other line where uh, – You know, poor Martha says. He's not seeing me. He's just remembering. She's talking about Rose. She's talking about how the doctor is not over Rose. And so he's not allowing himself to get close to Martha. He's just anytime he looks at Martha and Martha looks back at him with that possible feelings uh, brewing between them he just kind of shunts it off and in this episode you know he sees her and they get super excited and he hugs her and then the elevator fails and he's like ah! See?
2: Always the hug.
0: oh yeah <laughs> you know it it's such a it feels like you know poor martha is just kind of the rebound girl <clears throat> like the rebound companion And not the real companion. And I'm starting to feel bad for Martha, kind of the way I felt bad for Mickey, you know, because in essence, the doctor is making her feel like Mickey did the the way Rose made Mickey feel, I should say.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, something that as we go forward uh, in in actors playing the doctor and there's uh, uh, we'll move forward. Uh, displays of emo- public displays of emotion is definitely going to be shunned by one of the uh, actors coming up in his character, and it's almost like this is the first uh, moment, of, moment of that. It's you know that mm-hmm. never never waste time with a hug uh, because he missed the lift because he was uh, <laughs> excited to see Martha and and gave in to what you know would naturally happen. Mm-hmm. and make sure that she was alive oh you're alive hug and then bam the elevator closes and it's you know it's like gotta stop that we gotta stop we gotta focus on the mission always focus on the mission
0: yeah it just i i especially in this episode i was starting to feel a little bit of it um with martha in the last episode but especially in this episode uh, it just uh, it, it feels so heartbreaking because clearly Every second that she spends with the doctor, she sees the, you know, she sees how remarkable he is. Uh, And even the doctor in this episode sees how remarkable she is. Uh, You know, in the last episode, they come across this thing and he's talking to her and he's like, and your medical advice and your, you know, what, what do you think? Like he, he's even starting to lean into her and then that makes her feel all these things that apparently are just not being reciprocated by the doctor. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's difficult to be in that one way relationship. Uh, and I feel bad for Martha.
1: It's always the case of we just don't know if uh, the doctor ever has uh, those feelings for a regular human, even though he's so impressed by human, humanity in itself, um, whether he would actually be able to have that, uh, experience, but at the same time, uh, I can't imagine you know, as a human being, how it would be traveling, seeing all the things that they see traveling in a fairly, you know, I, yes, it's a large box, but they tend to stay, <laughs> they tend to stay in you know close proximity of each other. Uh, and, and when you do that for, for long periods of time, feelings can happen. Uh, And clearly clearly they have for Martha uh, as she's, you know, spouted uh, more than one occasion, but especially in this episode uh, that it's happening and um, just not at this time, whether he's still, you know, everything is all about Rose or everything is just, I have to shut myself off. Either way, it's just not going to
0: end well for, for Martha. So it seems it yeah it just it feels so heartbreaking, and speaking of feelings and heartbreak, we do get to see a little bit more of that phantom of the opera aspect that we talked about last week uh when we see Tallulah's boy sort of hiding uh and pretending to be uh you know sort of hiding in the in the background in the theater uh in this this disformed version of himself where he's not quite himself uh and immediately i was like yep that's a phantom of the opera reference right oh, there. yeah that, that was clear <laughs> we like we talked about that last week so it, it felt very natural um uh but like i said you know being uh an aficionado of that Uh, You know, I mentioned I I had the opportunity of traveling, uh, you know, before the world changed and we can't go anywhere. Uh, And the first thing I said uh, when I knew that I was going to get to be in Paris is I want to go to the Paris Opera House. And I got a tour of the Paris Opera House. So I got to see the infamous box number five and the, the chandelier and the whole thing. Uh, And, you know, one of my most prized possessions is I now own a copy of the Phantom of the Opera in its original language, um, uh, which is French. Uh, So, like, love, 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 love Phantom of the Opera. And here's a very, you know, real representation of that. Uh, With Tallulah, uh, you know, it it just, it warmed my heart. Uh, And I love to see how... Ultimately, they do kind of end up together. Uh, how she kind of sticks with him, you know, through thick and thin, uh, and you know, jumping to the end of the episode, you know, we get to see that he does get to live on and get to be with her, which is fantastic. Yes. Which is um,
1: when you first meet Tallulah in the in the last episode, she almost feels like you know she you know that typical you know showgirl looking for looking for the the big money to, to make her happy. Uh, but this is a guy who clearly never was it, you know, had big money, but he wanted it still to introduce her to her, to his mm-hmm. parents, uh, before this, uh, happened. And it's, you know, definitely, a, you know, uh, star, it wasn't, it was not star crossed lovers. It was, you know, they weren't in two different worlds. They were basically in the same world. Uh, you know, she even says it. She, yeah, just you know,
0: a, a slightly different. You know, he he was a stagehand. He was a nobody. Right. She she was a you know she was a secondary. The, right. She member was the, the, of the star Honor of War. the
1: show, but it was but the, you know it's not the greatest show. It's you know it's not we're not Broadway here.
0: We're 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 right. way off. <laughs> we're just a review kind of. But you know, I I really liked their little storyline, their little bit. I liked how. Uh, what was the character's name? His name Laszlo played Laszlo. Laszlo. I, I loved how much Laszlo ends up helping the doctor. Uh and of course, love how the doctor finally goes, I I I'm going to help you because there's been so much carnage, there's been so much you know misery. We need this. And uh, you know, and he does everything he needs to to save him, to keep him around and to to Give him a chance at, uh, at, at having this relationship, however weird it will be, uh, you know he gives both of them a chance to to move on, uh, which is great. you know it, it shows that the doctor still believes in love a little bit, uh, even though it may not be with Martha, that he still wants that for other people, and he wants to give that to other people.
1: Exactly. and uh, so Laszlo was played by Ryan Carnes, who was actually born in Illinois.
0: Oh, there you go. So he was You're Nick of the Woods.
1: My, yes, He was born in Pittsfield, Illinois, which I have no idea where that is. It's
0: nowhere near me. Well, that that would Southern explain Illinois. why his accent was so good.
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> that
0: would make sense. He was
1: also in uh, Desperate Housewives. Uh, oh,
0: so Oh. Right. Yes. I've never seen that show, yeah. but um so jumping into the Daleks because now I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I, I've seen what happened. The Daleks um the 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 first part that really sort of started to confuse me not confuse me but it, it clearly we are watching something happening to the daleks and we see the two daleks that are carrying out the orders you know searching through the the sewers and then they run into each other and they have that like uh almost humorous conversation because you see them like constantly looking over their shoulder right like we're uh, i'm about to say something so let me look over my shoulder and you see them having that conversation of i don't trust what's happening i don't think that that's what we should be doing i think that he is distracting us from our real mission which and we talked about this, the Daleks have a lot of commonality with uh, you know, horrible groups like Nazis, in that, you know they're all about exterminating weakness. They're all about uh, genocide. The doctor says that in this episode a couple of times, uh, when they believe that things are beneath them or not up to their standards. So if this is a group of Daleks, that are all part of the original Daleks. These are not the Daleks that Rose destroyed, because those were like human Daleks, right? The ones that Rose destroyed when when Rose sh- shows herself as Bad Wolf, okay. she annihilates. No, those were, those this, were this group of Daleks. Those were not human. But they, Dalek. but they, there, there was the one Dalek that was like the the big Dalek, but the others yeah, the were Emperor. harvested. The Emperor, the others were harvested from human DNA. Yes, but
1: they were still they,
0: they were never they were they never were, human Daleks though they were
1: they were not like the human Daleks that we'll
0: see. They were Dalek they were Dalek ish, but they still had human DNA in them. Uh, at least that's how, that was what would, what was described in the episode, and yet you know Rose just wipes them out. Like she just annihilates them, Um, which is why, you know, when they reappeared, that was a big surprise because you're like, I thought she wiped out all of the Daleks. How the heck did this happen? Oh, they were in a place where even when she had the powers of the bad wolf, she wouldn't have been able to see them because, you know, they they were trapped in that, you know, inside the walls kind of thing. Right. So now we see them and they're, you know, once again, experimenting with human DNA, but this time they're, they've just kind of merged each other. So not the first time that they've meddled around with human DNA, but this time they like, if, especially the leader, like what, how, how does the leader of the Daleks decide that he's going to merge with a human being? Like, is this just part of the problem with them having their own unique thought and their own unique personality?
1: It's, I believe it's more of the, we, uh, of, uh, Dalek Khan saying that he needed to, I know I'm sitting right now, Dalek Sek. Um, I was getting it yeah. wrong. Dalek sec realizing that we've done, you know, saying we've done these experiments. It's almost like the, the mad scientist just we've done. I've done everything we can do up to a certain point. Now I have to have this next experiment happen to me to make sure that it works properly. And he actually says that right before it in the last episode that this is, I have to be the one to do this. Cause I am the leader, which doesn't make a lot of sense because as a leader, you want to, you want to stay the leader, but he was the only Dalek who understood that the Daleks needed to change the other three. Thay, uh, Dalek Thay, Dalek Jast, Jast and Dalek Zach, um I'll have to uh, really want to continue the way they've been.
0: And so here's a question um, Rose came face to face with this particular bunch of Daleks, um, and she shared that as Bad Wolf, she destroyed the Emperor. So is that something that Dalek Sect took into consideration and why he was looking to conduct these experiments to further the the Dalek race? Or was this just sheer survival? Um, like there's only four of us left, we need to do something. Is the uh if you're looking for a you know
1: hard evidence story written. I don't have what I what my uh, all, what my thought is is exactly that, is that if the humans can uh, do this, if the humans can destroy the emperor, and even um, I don't remember. Obviously, it's hard when they're just Daleks uh, to know which one. But in the last episode, there uh, the uh, Degar. Uh, uh, Dagoras and one of the Daleks are standing at the top, looking out over uh, New York and talking about how mankind has expanded you know and mankind has always mm-hmm. survived, and they keep on defeating the Daleks uh, and so it so it must have been you know Daleks se um uh who was doing who was talking about it and realizing that mankind always finds a way to survive and stretch out and even you know have new 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 york uh in in future times uh that there's something there that they should really uh uh look at and that's where the, i think that's when that decision is actually made to uh do the final uh, change and do the,
0: the hybrid, mm-hmm. the final or the final experiment. And, right. To create and the, the hybrid. The, yeah. The, <laughs> the merging uh, of them too. Uh, and now, cause the other thing is they, they talked about many times how they were the last four Daleks in the universe. But we've heard but, this before. Well, and more specifically, um, we know that not to be true because while the doctor uh in uh in doomsday sucked out all the cybermen and the dalek he didn't destroy them he just sent them into an alternate dimension uh, in between, or the, in or the between, space dimensions. between dimensions, uh, but that's not death. That's not destruction. That's sort of banishment to a place that, in theory, they can't get out of. But we've seen that they can. Right. You know, the, the, they traveled in a craft that you know was able to travel between the void and uh, and our time and space, uh, and and bring back. That uh, time lord prison where so many Dalek had been imprisoned, and now all of those Daleks were sucked back into this void, but they still exist. We're talking about millions of Dalek, uh, and in, in my head, I you know to make it more palatable, I see it as the space between the walls. So that's that's where they are. You know, they're trapped in in this the space. They they haven't been destroyed. Yeah, they're they're and, with the
1: they're with the dust bunnies and the and the asbestos.
0: <laughs> yes. And those socks that seem to disappear as right. of are dryer. Right. Just waiting um, for their moment to uh, to uh be able to find a way to break
1: through. And yes, it's <laughs> that's that's part of the um as so many people, you know, around the doctor die and he's giving you know when it's only the last uh dalek at the end he's still giving him a chance to uh work with him and they'll find you a way and we don't want to kill you and there's just there's so much death and destruction around that the doctor is always trying to find a way to not kill and that was uh for that episode was a very easy way to uh not easy but in a way to create uh freedom from the the earth, uh, from these creatures at the same time, uh, get, you know, getting rid of them without killing them.
0: It, it, it also, uh, it seemed, this episode seemed very counter to a lot of the stuff we've seen because the Dalek sack would have known and seen, uh, that his, his brethren was not destroyed. They were just stuck in, an alternate dimension. So the idea that he would use his emergency, uh, you know, temporal shift powers to teleport himself somewhere else and then to find himself in that space and start conducting these experiments and to say how, well, we're the last ones seems a little disingenuous, uh, almost as if they have an an alternative reason as to why they're doing it. Um, Then the fact that they create all of these, you know, human Daleks, but they're not really Daleks and they're not really human, uh, you know, seems counter to them. Why, you know, uh, yes, I guess it's only four, so they're trying to create an army to fight with, but if they're beneath them, if they're less than them, why would they even build them to fight? the you know, the the Dalek are formidable foes, you know, even in small numbers. Why would you know why would it be such a big deal? Why would they do this? It it just seemed counter to everything I know the Daleks to be. It's it's just um, one of those you have to have a storyline with the Daleks and the
1: Daleks cannot just continue to just say exterminate and 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 kill and kill everybody and be the lone survivors. They were a master race. There was millions upon millions of of Daleks. And so there's gotta be something in their you know genetics to say that they have to try to way to bring back that master race and create more and more and more. Mm. And that's and gotta be somewhere the in that, there that's just that's what drives them.
0: Sure. The the other thing that seemed counter uh to what we've seen happen before is the 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 first time i encountered a dalek was in series one and the first thing that the doctor says is we have to destroy this thing there's no you know like we have to be human about it or we have to be like this is the last of his kind and we have to be like it's legitimately like he is a threat to all of us and so long as this thing is alive the the entire world is in danger the entire universe is in danger um to where you kind of see him breathe that sigh of relief where when the dalek sort of commits suicide in that episode uh so for him to go from that to then watching uh rose completely annihilate them to as a different version of himself uh, you know, just sucking the, the Dalek into uh, a dimension uh, that some people have uh, called hell uh, to all of a sudden seem like he's willing to play the game and be like, well, you're the last Dalek, so let's, you know, let's go ahead and uh, and indulge the idea of leaving you alive. Like, I mean, clearly in this episode, we see that at least these Daleks, which are the closest to the the traditional race of Daleks and that they, they're, they're still pure, that, that even the pure Dalek have the propensity for change, the propensity to have their minds change and thus possibly some hope. So I, I can see it, as I'm talking about it, I can see the doctor giving them an opportunity to um but it's definitely a big it's a big departure from where the doctor has been no it's
1: definitely it's definitely a huge departure it also is uh as uh a lot of people believe the uh emergence of the ninth doctor notwithstanding what we know today, which is that uh that uh chris Eccleson is recording some uh audio uh stories, um, that are being told as pre Rose. Uh, but when we were first told when he came out of that TARDIS, when he, when, and it made a problem for the storyline at the beginning, but we were told when he came out of the TARDIS landing and landing in the courtyard of Rose's apartment, uh, area that he was basically finished regenerating from the time war. Mm-hmm. uh which then immediately threw issues into the whole thing there because they said that uh that the uh, one guy had shown uh rose all these different pictures of that doctor in various times of uh, uh in history uh well Mickey yes. was being taken over
0: by the plastics um in front of, in, in with uh or at the killing of uh or at the assassination of uh kennedy uh the titanic the right saving that family from boarding the titanic right
1: so there's yeah so there was some always been some confusion over the over the timeline of that and obviously it's getting even more muddled now as as real time goes forward and they make and they do more things but the whole original story plot of that first of the first series of Christopher Eccleston's version of it was that he was fairly fresh from the time war and dealing with the Daleks. Uh, So that would be his initial uh, feeling. Oh, it's a Dalek. We got to destroy it immediately
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: because it's because of what he had been just dealing with recently Uh, versus now it's been a while. And now he's more of the doctor and less of the reactionary. Uh, off of it, and doing more of what the doctor does, and try to find solutions versus just killing. Again, well, and uh, again,
0: timeline. Time, time is fluid in the uh, in in the world of the uh, the doctor, but uh, technically, you know, only four episodes ago, he's with the bride uh, and almost deriving joy from murdering the the spawn of the, the spider queen or whatever you right. know, whatever that race was. So you know the the doctor still has a bit of that darkness in him. Um it just I I'm going to attribute it to the fact that you know he clearly saw that these Daleks, uh which are different than the Daleks we encountered at the end of series one, uh, because again, those were Daleks that had sort of, for you know, been hiding since the Time Wars, uh, and had been cultivating and basically regaining their strength and power by uh, not bastardizing, but by mutating the cells of human beings, the worthy cells of human beings, right. to generate a, a new race of Daleks. So those were Daleks in name, but they were impure in, you know, in the genetic sense. Whereas these Dalek are clearly delineated from the race of Dalek that the doctor wiped out. Uh, and so for the doctor to see that they have... A version of free thought and that that version let them down this path of one of them becoming very subdued and willing to, you know, indulge humanity where, you know, and and included in their own genetic makeup to the other one that is willing to not follow. Rules and to, you know, be patient. You know, he even says the Dalek, what was it? The Daleks hesitate and they don't do that or something along those right. lines?
1: Yes, yeah, so the, the, you know, that, that the fact that they don't immediately act
0: means that right. there's you know, something that, different happening here. So I, I think, I don't think it's necessarily that he's mellowed out so much as I think he, you know, the rational part of the doctor sees that there's something happening to the Daleks, that whatever pressures have been brought to bear on them is forcing the Daleks to become something that he hasn't seen. And in getting to know that and getting to see that and getting to, you know, almost get a glimpse of what could be, that the Daleks might be able to, (laughs) might be able to be convinced to be in a world uh, and share the universe with the rest of the, the inhabitants without having to completely dominate and exterminate as they are, you know, want to do. Right. It's just,
1: it's just the whole storyline of, of Daleks. And you could go into the history and look at them. There's so much about them that you just don't know. And like I said, there's, there's, um, other storylines that are definitely happening, uh, uh with the Daleks, with, mm. uh, their original creator, um, and, um, of other things that we'll get more into, because there's, there, there will, you know, Daleks are, are, a Doctor Who tradition, and you're not going to uh, be done just yet.
0: Uh, And I I love, um, (laughs) maybe love is the wrong word, I I really appreciated that moment where the Doctor says, you know, my, my, what was it, my people are gone, everything dies, and yet the Daleks survive. yes
1: it's it's definitely one of those uh when he does clearly whatever he had to do during the time war to uh wipe out everybody uh and that has still is laying very heavy on him um and it will mm-hmm. continue to lay heavy on him uh for quite a long time to because of of what it is it's just not something that is uh, easy to solve and easy to uh, realize in your, in your own system that you've done something so horrible um, and left yourself alone, but you did it in the, the way that you had to do it to save humanity, save, save the universe uh, by getting mm-hmm. rid of the Daleks. And then you turn around and, up oh, there they are again. It's, 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 right. it's, a, it's, it's something that you're you know, just going, what the hell do I have to do? To to I've think given up that the you you put yourself
0: through all of that? Yes. Yeah, I've given up the world for this, and then, then find out it was out
1: not it, 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 And we're still doing this. Mm.
0: Uh, now to to bring a little levity to the uh, to the podcast, uh, there was a moment that uh, I, I had a I had a chuckle during this episode when the uh, the empty human vessels. Uh, you know, the through the lightning through that uh, we discussed it last week, through that Frankenstein moment uh, where all of these elevated bodies are reanimated with the you know the skill of the Dalek, and of course because the Doctor was holding on to the antenna, a little bit of the Time Lords. Uh, but I love how they they are armed with a weapon that looks familiar because it's very much that blaster thing that the Daleks have, but it also has that barrel behind it. that looks like a Tommy gun, which is very period.
1: (laughs) I, it was one of those, uh, yeah, there was another laugh out loud moment. And it's like, you know, we have to create something that looks like, uh, if other people see it outside of, uh, uh, what we're actually oh, from, we're filming and don't know what we're doing, that it looks like it's very close to what it should be for this period, mm-hmm. for the period that you look around, you see what period they're filming. Oh, it looks, yeah, that looks like it's a, a regular Tommy gun. And then you
0: look a little closer and it's like,
1: wait a minute, it's got rings around <laughs> it on the end there. It's uh,
0: yeah. It, it, it's a Dalek weapon, but it's also a Tommy gun. Yeah. And, that, found, and, and yeah. that you, that
1: you actually pull the, you know, that you, you know, like, almost like pump like a shotgun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I definitely, the moment weapon. I saw them walking around with them, I thought of that uh, moment in the mask, the movie, the mask where, you know, he pulls out a balloon and he makes a, a, a Tommy gun out of it. And then very exaggeratedly, you know, he stares at the camera and he goes, a Tommy gun. Right. Uh, Cause that's, that's what they were walking around with. And then they start firing it. Uh, and at the same time, I'm like, why did this doctor not grab one of those? Because clearly, this is how you can harm and destroy Daleks. Like two of the four Daleks, well, two of the three Daleks that were left in existence got wiped out by those guys.
1: Yes, but they were hit. You know, so many times. This, these were definitely weapons that could go through the through the
0: shielding that we've yeah through seen that shielding will, that they create with regular
1: bullets. Uh- <laughs> without uh without issue yeah
0: because i and i love that moment and your you know starts shooting and the doctor's like that's not enough like i've seen this before it's right. not gonna end well for you kid don't don't try to shoot him. <laughs> you're just antagonizing them um but once again at the end of the episode here's the dalek and now we know uh because i wasn't sure what had happened and of course uh, because of spoilers i was not told but here it is they specifically said emergency temporal shift yes so i guess they have like a built-in flux capacitor and <laughs> in cases of emergency they can trigger it uh yeah. is that exclusive to this sect i believe so yes i've never to seen it cult happen before
1: the cult of scaro but it's uh uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely something that will then uh, will
0: will reason why we will see Daleks again. <laughs> and uh, you know, to to finish off our conversation, um, let's uh, let's get some tidbits going here. And uh, of course, that means that we have to invite Ashley to share some of Ashley's TARDIS tidbits. So. Ashley, take it away.
2: This is Ashley's TARDIS Tidbits for Season 3, Episode 5, Evolution of the Daleks. Originally, there was a scene in this episode where the doctor told Tallulah that he wouldn't be able to reverse Lazo's transformation. However, they cut the scene because apparently it had been shot too late in the day, and they felt that the light was insufficient. The character of Laszlo was also originally supposed to die in this episode, but Russell T. Davies felt that it was too depressing for the mood of the show and wanted it to end on a more upbeat note. When the doctor is speaking about gamma radiation, and Tallulah says, Gammon radiation, what the heck is that? She's clearly confused because in England, gammon is a ham that is cured like we do Bacon. They commonly have it for Christmas dinner in England. So you can understand why she was confused. And finally, at the end of the episode, when Martha references the pig and the showgirl, she's making a play on the 1957 film, The Prince and the Showgirl, starring Marilyn Monroe and Sir Laurence Olivier.
0: And thank you so much for those amazing tidbits. As always, I love getting that little extra uh, out of each episode and getting that much more knowledge out of it. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Ashley. So, John, is there, is there anything else? Is there anything that I missed that is going to come back in future episodes that we didn't already touch on in some way, shape or form?
1: Now, at this point, we've really covered the episodes, you know, both episodes last week and this week, really well. Uh, the, the minor things that the Daleks count time in their rels, which they've done forever, starting in uh, in the two Doctor Who movies uh, back in the sixties, um, and then uh, and it's made then they make it to the core. But that's you know that's minor. Um, the the Doctor being able to uh, be electrocuted. Uh, and, and, uh, take it, uh, terror with the Zygons at the end. uh, uh, he was being electrocuted. That was the end of that episode. And then he, uh, obviously got up for, you know, he took the badge off and was able to deal with it when he was dealing with the, with the, uh, uh, in world war three, um, uh, mm-hmm. with the Rexichella, uh, Um, I just love to say that <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find a way to put that in every episode I'm in. Um, oh, and, that's um,
0: fantastic. I still wish in, I could pronounce it. <laughs> yes, and
1: even in the Idiot's Lantern, was, uh, there was there uh, was you know electric, electric uh, cushion portion there, uh, and then he even uh, in Smith and Jones um, in the in the first episode with Martha, he mentions a shocking experience helping Benjamin Franklin. Uh, so mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I love obviously, that.
1: <laughs> obviously, uh, being being electrocuted is not something that uh, he has to worry about. Uh,
0: yeah, I, at one point he even talks about how you know one heart wasn't working and the other one was, and like having to kickstart the other heart. So I guess having two hearts helps when uh, when you are getting electrocuted,
1: right? And then uh, one other thing, Nicholas Briggs, again, I mentioned him before, who was the voice voices uh, of a major voice actor for the Daleks. Um, Dalek Khan, who was the remaining Dalek uh, had a single line in Doomsday, um, and it was a very low, raspy voice, and he changed it um, basically uh, Khan didn't really talk much until he was war taking in taking over but he mm-hmm. they said for development uh, for character development reasons daleks clearly respect a, sh- a shriller voice so the voice as he's comes more and more in power the voice gets higher and higher uh until you get that that uh, nasty dalek voice that we all know mm-hmm. uh, but that was more for the fact that he had to because now this was a, a character who was going to have a lot of speaking lines and the raspy voice was killing his voice mm. Uh, so that was well, you know that
0: was I, I the reason why you've you think notice, about it. It's like, wait, it's voice changed. I did notice that the 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 Daleks were sort of starting to have kind of uh, individual voices. And one of the things I I noticed that lower voice, but one of the things that I uh, and this goes back to our first conversation uh on the Daleks uh on the first season of the podcast when the the fact that the dalek voice is basically a screaming it is a constant screaming when they talk they're screaming um to me indicates the the type of race that the daleks are which are this you know race of nothing but this one nerve this one feeling this one drive which is just complete and utter hatred and disdain for anything different. Uh, And I love just that iconic voice, that iconic sound of the, the distorted uh, shrill conversation, as you put it, that really gets it across that this is a race that is just so strung out that their entire communication is shouting at each other. It's just hate. It's
1: hatred and screaming. And that's, and that's all they have. And the final, the final note I have is that this is the only two parter. And since we've restarted Dr. Who with the ninth doctor that we've never used the TARDIS at all, it was Mm. never needed. you never saw the inside of the TARDIS at all. It was, it was just sitting there and they, they left it at the beginning of the two-parter and they had yeah, right. it at the end mm. they never needed it again which is definitely interesting because the tardis is definitely both almost always a major component to something in the episode
0: to something happening or yeah uh yeah you're right that that is wow i i hadn't really noticed that until you just mentioned it um I did. Uh, there was one last thing that I wanted to mention because this is one of the very last lines of um, of the episode. The pig in the showgirl just
2: proves, I suppose, there's someone for everyone.
0: Let And of course, for Martha, that just made her feel even worse because clearly the doctor isn't paying attention to her. And for right. the doctor, it almost felt like it was a reminder. Of Rose, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It was. It was one of
1: those because they they even talk about it as they're at the very, very end of the episode. As you know, that there's that's that's still on his mind, Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: even though they don't say so, it. It's clearly there. Yeah, it, it's it's the unspoken reality that the doctor is living with. So, uh, with that. I guess I want to thank you all, dear listeners, for making it to the end of yet another awesome podcast. And if you want to support the show, please visit firsttimelore.com. Leave a comment on any of the episodes, this one or any of our past episodes. You can uh, support the show by uh, purchasing something from the merch shop uh, we just added a couple of weeks ago, uh, some new T-shirts that I'm very excited about. and. Uh, If you don't want to do that, uh, you can also uh, support the show by subscribing or becoming a Patreon, uh, either by clicking on the link on the website or by finding my name, Daniel Levain, on Patreon.com. Or the best way to support the show is share it with a friend. Share it with somebody that you think would appreciate either getting to know and getting into Doctor Who or somebody that has been a Doctor Who fan and needs that little extra pick-me-up and can use uh, a refresher in going back through the episodes uh, with the fresh point of view of somebody like me that has never seen the episodes before. Either way, all support is greatly appreciated. And I guess until next week, I'm going to jump on my TARDIS and get to watch more Doctor Who.